Well, I can't joke about Pastor Lane because he's not in Darien. He's really on the job. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Lane. Um, so, I had given you, I, I, I'm telling y'all today, I have, in 43 years, I've been saved, and maybe not preaching that long, but pretty much. I have never preached on the subject that I'm going to preach on. And it is so liberating. Um, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that I've never preached this. But, you know, I try to preach what the Holy Ghost wants me to preach. So they, maybe that's my excuse. But um, I gave you a prophetic word in... Uh, 2020 about four winds you remember it that was a very important word okay because now God is asking a question I'm gonna read you the prophecy and then uh, <clears throat> we'll get into the teaching the prophecy is the winds were raging on Wednesday May the 6th 2020 all day long now if you've noticed and these winds, they're different. Did anybody see the sky last night? Did you see that cloud? It was like the Lord was hovering over the earth. And there was a little pocket that you could see out of. I thought, is Jesus coming back? We need to be watching the skies. Okay? Okay, so these winds were different. There was no rainstorm. There was not a cloud in the sky, but the winds were blowing. The trees were just dancing back and forth. And I was outside all day that day, and I kept saying, these winds are strange. And then Thursday evening in, in prayer, the Lord said, I'm sending a wind of correction." Okay, as my spirit blew over the nation, correction will come to individuals. How many of you took this serious and you've been corrected in some, some way? Okay, well, we need to get serious because uh, he's coming back with it. This was two years ago. And he said... Um, <clears throat> He said, as my spirit blew over the nation, correction will come to individual, individuals. Now, what will you do with it? What will you do with this wind of correction? The wind of correction is the Holy Spirit blowing into your spirit saying, correct this, correct this. I mean, my Lord, the Lord told me I was in idolatry. And I thought, I'm bound down to idols? See, we're so ignorant of our sins. No man knows his own heart. And you better be checking it. Because I was in idolatry. That will send you to hell. Okay, so the Lord asked, what will you do with it? Remember that statement. What will you do with it? November the 30th, 2020. The wind of preparation blew in. 
we need to prepare for the upcoming events. I will blow in an anointing to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. These winds will not be normal. You will, you will be able to discern my winds. And they've been drastic. I mean, it, there's, you can just watch them and it's, it's amazing. The third wind was May 17th. 2021. Now these winds are still blowing. There's a wind of correction still blowing. You still have a chance, okay? Because you're going to miss out if you don't if you don't if you don't listen. The third wind will be the wind of perfection. Perfect love casts out all fear. Fear will paralyze the anointing I will blow through. I need the sons of Issachar those are seers. We have a lot of seers in here. This, the sons of Issachar will be stable. I want you stable in all your ways, ready to give your life for my mission. How many of you are ready to give your life? Not many hands, huh? But we got to prepare. We have got to prepare. Will you be ready to give your life for my mission? There will not be time to hesitate. If you reason and hesitate, you could abort the very will of God in your life and cost lives. All right, so God's telling us something. We need to prepare. The fourth wind, which is the wind of direction or replacement, came in September the 3rd, 2021. There will be a strategic assignment that you will have to hear my voice to be safe. You will have to listen intently as I give instruction. If you have not surrendered your life completely, there will be replacement. This wind will sing as it blows instruction. Make sure you are attentive to my spirit. For now is a serious moment. I need you to accomplish this work. The wind could come in song. Listen up, worshipers. Okay? So, we have the wind of correction, the wind of preparation, the wind of perfection, and the wind of uh, replacement and direction. Okay, so, did y'all wonder what I did on my sabbatical? I got this word. <laughs> and this is really what God uh, was, has been stirring in me. He said, the four winds. Remember, he asked the question, what are you going to do? Now he's asking, what have you done? Okay? As these winds have blown, the wind of correction, the wind of preparation, the wind of perfection, and the wind of direction. What have you done to prepare? Well, I'm not in this fight. I'm just here to raise a hand, sing a tune. No, you're in the fight. You will be in the fight because you are in this nation. You will be in the fight, whether you are ready or whether you're not. Now, this is a two-year prophecy and I've heard other people talk about the four winds. 
I don't go reading their stuff because I don't want it to taint what I have from my nation. This is my nation. Okay? So, it's not that the winds have finished. The winds are constantly blowing because we need correction. We need preparation. We need perfect love. And we need direction. In Hebrews 12, 7, did you put that up there? If ye endure chastening, God dealing with you as a son, to what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof are you partakers? Then are ye, I'm not cussing, are you bastards? That means you don't have a father, and not sons. So see, we have a father. He chastens us. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But God chastens for our profit that we might be partakers of holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless. Afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's an important word. Unto them which are exercised thereby. So, righteousness. As the wind's blowing correction, what are you doing? What have you done? The Lord is asking you, what are you going to do and what have you done? To prepare for the uh, preparation, he says, I will blow in a wind to, in an anointing to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Now, what does that mean? You know, I've heard about the blood of the Lamb. It's just like you, Jeremiah, when you said miracles can happen. You know, how many of y'all took that serious? Well, let's just look at the blood. This is something I've never taught on. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, Philip, is everything. The blood is everything. And we take it so lightly. We take what happened to him on that cross so lightly. So God begins to start talking to me. And he says, in this wind of preparation, in John 16, 13, he says, he will show me things to come, howbeit when the spirit of truth now, we just had a wonderful teaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of truth. Okay? And he will show you things to come. That's what prophecy is all about. God is showing you that you need to prepare for something, for an upcoming event. You need to be willing to die for the gospel. 
That's pretty. You need to be willing to die for the gospel. Well, if somebody puts a gun to your head and says, deny Christ, what are you going to do? You need to prepare because it's in the Word. We need to be able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the blood that was shed for me and for you. Now, knowing the true power of the blood that was shed, who would have believed that Jesus would have had to go through what he went through? I want us to just take a little walk down that road. You know, Jesus had preached for three years. He had built friendships. He had shown his power, his might. He had shown his humility. He had shown how loyal he was to his God. He had said a lot of mighty strange things, but they were connected. They were connected. And he was the Messiah. He didn't come the way they thought he would come, but he was the Messiah. Okay? So, so they go into this garden, and Jesus asks them to pray. And he goes and he bows down. And I believe God gave him a movie picture of what was about to happen. Because you know what? Jesus didn't wait till he got to the cross to prepare. He made his decision way before that cross. And so that's what God is telling us. In this wind, you need to prepare. Okay? So he's bowing down in this garden. Blood coming out because he's seeing, oh my God, oh my God. If there can be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Oh my God, oh my God. If there can be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Oh my God, oh my God. Three times he says this. But then he says, not my will, but thy will. You're going to have to come to a place where you say, not my will, but thy will. And it will not come in our own strength. Okay? It's going to have to be because of the blood of the Lamb. Oh my goodness, the blood. The blood, what the blood did. Mm. So, so they come and get him. And the, his brothers flee. And Jesus is beaten. He's spit on. He's humiliated. He's betrayed. How many of you, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have been betrayed by a spouse? There's no hurt in the world. There's no hurt. You want to grab your heart and you can't touch the pain because it hurts so bad. It's a miracle that God didn't, Jesus didn't die just from the hurt of betrayal. 
So he's beaten. His flesh is torn from his skin and his blood pours. You just think about that whipping post. He was barely alive when they finished with him. But let me tell you something. Every piece of skin, every ounce of blood, every drop was provision for somebody and something. Now you think about it. Not one drop of his blood was wasted for the whole world. And it had to be that way because he is the provider for every need. And it would not have been done without the blood. The blood, it's everything. Mm. So, he was unrecognizable. But every ounce was for a purpose. He was given to be sufficient to make us whole. Every piece of skin torn was for somebody. Nobody was left out. Have you ever been so tired that you didn't think you could lift your head? Well, see, then after this beating, they expect him to carry this cross. And he can't do it. But he thrives and tries so hard because, see, there's a reflection of everything he does. So he's got to make it to the end. He's got to make it and finish strong. He drops the cross one more time. He hears the cries of the people, crucify him, crucify him. Can you imagine what went through his mind? What did I ever do for them to hate me so? Have you ever felt like just everybody was against you? And you just, just really didn't understand why they were against you? And then he has his own people that he hears the cries. This is my Lord. This is my Savior. This is my Lord. They're killing him. What happened to our king? And there's confusion everywhere. Confusion all over the place. And nothing made sense. And then there's a black man. His name is... Simon of Serene. He's the father of Rufus, the disciples, and Alexander. And he picks up that cross and he carries it for Jesus. And in the Wikipedia, it said that a Roman soldier saw the compassion in his eyes. And so he commanded him. Of course, he was afraid because he thought, if I, if I act like I'm his friend, they're going to crucify me too. Uh, have you ever seen anybody crucified? I don't know any of us that would be able to stand there. It's very frightening. 
gets up. But Jesus said in his teachings, no man takes my life. In John 10, 10, John 10, 17, he says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Hebrews 12 says, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand. So there was a preparation that took place. Jesus committed himself before the trial. He made his decision in the garden and spoke of the Father, not my will, but thine. And it was always the plan. But he had to prepare. The blood of the Lamb is how they will overcome. You know, we don't understand the blood. Uh, you can't. You know, Jesus commands, love your neighbor as you love yourself. How do you do that? You don't even know your neighbor. How are you going to love that neighbor as yourself? How are you going to love somebody that rapes your daughter? How are you going to love somebody that shoots your son? How are you going to love somebody that steals from you? How are you going to love somebody that talks about you behind your back? How are you going to get over a fence? When we understand what the blood does, we can love. We can forgive. We can hope. We can care. But not without the shedding of blood. Our testimony is what God has done for us. Without the blood, we cannot do what God commands us. And He never commands without making provision. Do y'all understand that? He, when He died on that cross, he, what is the number one sin of the church? What is it? Offense. The number one sin is I'm offended at you. You didn't do right. You looked at me funny. You didn't speak to me today. I saw you talking about me. You know, in a family you have offenses. And you get over them. But God provided, Jesus provided. He, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right then, the blood that was shed was provision for forgiveness. If you see it, if you look at it, you can see he spoke it. 
Forgive them, for they know not what they do. If we're to take up our cross and, and carry it, we have to forgive. It's the number one thing in the church that drives people away. And then they'll go and get offended at another church, and another, and another. You can't go to heaven if you don't forgive. I didn't say that. It's in the Word. You have no choice if you're going to go to heaven. Well, how do I kill somebody that murdered my son? How do I forgive? How do I forgive? You go to Jesus and you say, God, provide for me. I can't do it in my own strength. Not these filthy rags. I cannot do it. I need you, God. I need your blood. I need you, God. I need you so much. I need your love. I need to love people. I need to forgive. I need to hope. I need to care. I need you. I need you. I need you. It's your blood. Y'all, listen. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The, the blood provides a way of escape for every one of us. If you would just only ask Jesus. See, we say, okay, I'm going to try to forgive this person. And you're doing it in your, and it's not going to work. We can't do it. We cannot do it. That's why he went to the cross. That's why the blood was so extent. That's why the beating and the torture. Because he can relate to anything. Anything that you have gone through, he has been there. The blood was to make you free. So, in the wind of direction, Jesus said, all of you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. Can you imagine the fear of those disciples when there he is laying on the cross? Dead? He's died. He's dead. He's dead. The most humble man, kind, Loved everybody. No dirtbag homeless person. He didn't care about the smell. You know, I heard a teaching one time that said, you need to love the smell of a homeless. But what do we do? Ugh, don't let him get around me. We're just so lost in so many ways. But there was a direction that Jesus was going in. 
Like I said, he didn't wait till the whipping post for him to know where he was going. He had already decided that he was going to complete the task. Have you decided? This is where the power of the Holy Ghost comes in. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you will not overcome. You will not overcome. There's just no question about it because uh, it's hard enough to overcome. But if you don't have the power, you will not overcome. And there is, there is sufficiency for you. There are people who will pray with you. Don't let pride and embarrassment uh, keep you from the power of the blood. Okay? So, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. The disciples didn't have the Holy Ghost. It had not come yet. Because he said, when I leave, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you the comforter who will lead you into all truth and show you things to come. Okay? So, the replacement was the comforter. So replacement's not bad. And it's going to be different in everybody's life. His direction was plain. You know, uh, on the God in heaven, Jesus on the earth, and the Holy Spirit in us, the Trinity. So remember, every piece of his body, every spatter of blood, I want you to hear me was a provision for every hurt, every trauma, every rape, every murder. Jesus never commands us to do something without making provision. That's like telling your child, say like an infant, go eat your breakfast. That baby can't go eat their breakfast. He knew how helpless we were. And he made provision for everything we need. Everything. He is the source. You have not because you ask not. Call on me and I will answer you and give you great and mighty things. So are you going to prepare? If you want to overcome until the end, you're going to have to prepare. If you want to finish strong, if you want to be directed by him, I want you to decree with me. Okay? I will call on the name of the Lord. I will stand corrected of all my shortcomings. I will prepare myself to finish strong. I would decide today I will not betray my Lord. I will understand the blood and what it represents to me in this wind of perfection. I decree I will follow the Lord to the end and I will overcome by the blood of the Lamb 
and the word of my testimony even unto death. If it costs my life, I will now begin to prepare, not waiting to make a decision. My decision is now. I decree I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. In, in Jesus' name. Okay, I want you to turn to Isaiah 53. Now, I've read this, and I've read it, and I've read it, and I've read it, and I've read it. And I'm telling you, God gave me a nugget. <clears throat> Isaiah 53:1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? You know, everybody don't know Jesus. Everybody's not going to know Jesus. But He chose you. He chose you. Okay? So, this is talking about Jesus. For He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see Him, there was no beauty that we should desire Him. Now, you think about that. When you were lost, you didn't really desire Jesus, everything about him. I remember my sister, I used to think, she done turned into a holy roller. That's all she talks about. But see, I was lost. He was not attractive to me because that spirit was dead. Okay? So, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and esteemed, we esteemed him not. Surely he hath bore our griefs. He hath carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Let's go on. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid him the iniquity of us all. That means that Jesus took on every sin that was ever going to be committed and had ever been committed. On him. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet mm, he opened not his mouth. Now listen. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, and he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had no violence, neither any deceit in his mouth. He's saying something about our mouths. We always got to have the last word 
We always got to be right. He opened not his mouth. He did never defend himself. Not once. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied by knowledge. Here's your nugget. And shall be satisfied by his knowledge, and shall my righteous servant justify many. Now, do you know what justify means? Listen, my feet have killed me for seven years. They have absolutely killed me. They've hurt day and night, day and night. When I read this, that it's because of Jesus' blood and his righteousness has nothing to do with Linda. Nothing to do with me. It's his righteousness that justifies many. That justification makes me clean. It made me clean. It was because of Him that I can receive healing. Nothing in my might. You know, we sit here and we condemn ourselves because I didn't get healed last night. Everybody else got healed and I didn't. You know what? The Word is here. It's truth. You can take it and you can war. Oh, I've, I haven't put uh, aspirin cream on my feet in three weeks. I can stand here and tell you that right now my feet do not hurt. Have I warred for it? Oh my goodness. Day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. This is mine. I'm grabbing it, God. It's mine. His righteousness is the only thing that carries us. And he says, I want to justify you. I want to make you whole because of my blood. I want to make you whole. And then you can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. What is our testimony? It's what he's done. What he's done at that cross. What he's done daily. How can we convince people? Only by the word of our testimony. It's His righteousness that allows us access to His healing power. His righteousness. It ain't got anything to do with yours. Because the Word says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Okay? Our job is to believe. We have to believe, Jeremiah. We have to believe that He went through all this for a reason. And it wasn't, it wasn't for him. It was for us.
I am healed by the blood of the Lamb through justification, which means He made a way for me to be clean and whole. It's only the righteousness of God, nothing in me. My job is to repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Okay. Charity, I want you to come up and play your guitar. So, what does the blood do for you and me? It's the greatest solution to every problem. You hear me? The blood has the power to release the grip of a great curse. In Romans 5, I am justified by the blood. They overcame by the blood. Ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power by the blood. Where'd she go? In whom ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, you're circumcised by the blood. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye were risen with him through the faith of operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead by the blood. Are you being, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcised of your flesh, hath he quickened together and hath forgiven all your trespasses by the blood? Blotting out, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and it took him all the way to the nailing of the cross. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over all of them by the blood. We were far off away from Christ, but because of the blood, we're near. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Take and drink. Much more than being now justified by the blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Leviticus 17. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. Justified means I have been justified freely by grace through redemption. He was set free for a propitiation by the blood through faith as a demonstration 
of his righteousness. The blood will deliver you from depression. You are a shield and a buckler. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. From anxiety, but those who hope in the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. For a hopeless, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. In death, even in death, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me. Provision has been made for me and you. Amen? Amen.